The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Welcoming you back to day six of our 2017 European Summer Split Team by Team preview show. Uh, we've done five teams so far. We've gotten G2, Unicorns of Love, H2K, Misfits, and Team Vitality out of the way. And we have five more teams left to do before week one of the European LCS starts. And I can't think of anyone that I'd rather do these episodes with and my good friend and co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassener. Chase, welcome back. Are you as excited as I am for this team today? Maybe? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I get a very weird feeling when I talk about Splice because on the one hand, I thought they made the right move by not making any moves. I, I think that when we talked to Marty, the owner, he, he made a very good big point about trusting the players to grow that we shouldn't believe that talent is a stagnant thing and that players can improve and that you know especially with the meta working uh, against them in several ways last split you know it makes sense that they wouldn't want to make too many crazy decisions especially because one of the biggest decisions they made was to get a new coach uh this guy Givas, who i'm not as familiar with as i'd like to be but you know i certainly there's a lot of reason to believe that that could make a difference there's also reason to believe that it won't make a difference and that there are now we've seen this team for three splits and they seem to have a, a significant issue with some of their shot calling decisions that loss to misfits. I will not let it go. It's a problem to me because it's not just about Yamato cannon. You fix that side of it. That's great. But the actual execution is something that I think is still a concern for them. And that series was the most blatant example of it. But, I mean, if you look at Splice during the regular season last split, they didn't beat very many relevant teams. This is not a team where it was, like, going up and down and they, they blew some games against bad teams and then beat all the good teams. No, they were a good bad team. They beat up the bad teams. They lost to everyone who was someone that you would think of as a top-tier team. So they've got to go out of their way to, to prove us wrong on that. And I'm... Kind of interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's totally fair. They, they were significantly better than the worst teams in the league. We'll, we'll say. They were, yes. they were the solid fifth team uh, across the board for the majority of the split, and that's, that's where they ended up. Um, Absolutely. Like we said, no changes made to the starting roster. It's still Wonder in the top lane, Trashy in the jungle, Senkux in the mid, and Kabi and Mickey X 
uh, in the bot lane. They still have the same subs. Uh, the changes have happened, in fact, beyond uh, behind the scenes, replacing Yamato Cannon uh, with Givas, who is formerly coached for uh, SK Gaming, Nazis Vincere, and Supermassive uh, before he went and joined the Brazilian team Red Cannons as their head coach, which quali which won the CB Low Spring Split and qualified for MSI. So he was the head coach there. And they're also uh, welcoming Guy Sake, who uh, was a head, who was a uh, in-house analyst for Fnatic under Daylor. And normally I would say, oh, you, you know, learned under Daylor. Like that's a pretty good thing. But but Chase, we've noticed that guys that have learned under Daylor um, haven't been the most successful. Uh, out, out, outside of, of that kind of fanatic system. So what 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 are your thoughts on sort of these signings? Is, is this a move in the right direction? Well, you know, as far as Gaisaki goes, I, I'm going to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt, if only because I don't think that Nico the Pico should be the example of everything that has to do with Daylor. I, I think that Daylor has worked with multiple different people over the years, uh, some of whom have gone on to be pretty valuable analysts at other places. So it's it's not necessarily something where you say like, oh, this one analyst was super bad as a head coach. So every person that has ever had to follow him uh, is going to have problems. And this is as an analyst. It's not the same as a head coach. Now, do I believe that this head coach is going to be a big difference maker? Well, if you look purely at just what happened with the teams that he coached, you have to have mixed results, right? He coached Supermassive, and Supermassive's a well-known Turkish organ, one that you know people who watch this season would, would think of as like, oh yeah, they're the ones that are mostly at these international competitions. But they did not qualify for the world's uh, qualifiers last year when, when he was the coach. They, they came up short to uh, another team within the region. Uh, so, so there are certainly reasons to believe, like, yeah, that was, you know, that that's kind of uh, underwhelming for a team with the same pedigree that that Supermassive has. And then you see the Red Canids, and they won the Brazilian league, and you would expect playing an MSI and home crowd, a lot of passionate people behind them. Brazil, a region that we usually think of as this top tier region, and Red Canids looked okay. They they looked good for what they were, but they certainly weren't a team that we would have thought of as, you know, someone like. Uh, a Kaboom has been in the past, or even like a Pain Gaming at last year's Worlds, where they could take games off of teams in an international stage that came from power regions. I didn't see Red Cannons as being that quality of team. Now, is that on the coach? I don't necessarily think so. I, I think that you could argue, especially with Red Cannons, that he got the most out of a roster that in Brazil was not expected to be very good. Um, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that there's potential there. But to say he's a sure thing would be going way too far in the opposite direction. I think it is reasonable to look at him and say, I think he can be successful, but I also think that there are things that could hold him back depending on how a lot of this stuff shakes up. So I'm interested. I I'm interested to see how it works out. I, I certainly have a little bit more hope for them this split than I would have had had they run Yamato Cannon back. It felt like those two the guys were ready to part ways. I, I think it's going to be best for both teams in the long run. But I don't think that saying, like, oh, Givas is here, and now this fixes the problem of Senkux looking really out of place, and it solves the problem of, you know, Kabi, you know, kind of being forced to be a carry in a meta in which there weren't a lot of great carry champions in the bot lane, and it doesn't fix the fact that Wonder seemingly took a step back last split. You know, these are all concerns that they're going to have to answer on the Rift as well as off the Rift, and that's where I... 
I have my question marks. Well, you bring up a lot of question marks, and we can get to them in a moment. But, but what was a bright spot for Splice last split? Like, what, what was something that they can they can look to and say, yeah, that was really good. Let's build upon that. Since you do seem to have a, a ton of question marks for a team that did, you know, make it to the playoffs. And, you know, sure, they had, they had you know, a mental kind of collapse in that playoff series. But they still were, you know, the top one of the top five teams in Europe. Sure. I mean, look, let's give it this way. They, they have great synergy with each other. This is clearly a team that has played together as a full roster for a whole uh, for two whole splits now, and they're going to do it for a, a third split. We have shown in the past that teammates who have played together, who understand each other's strengths and weaknesses, tend to perform better on the big stage. There's a comfort level there. There's something where, you know, if, if Trashy or somebody makes a call, well, you know what Trashy's calls look like, and you have that experience of like, yes, I should follow up on that because I trust that he's in his judgment, and therefore there's not as much of a disagreement. There's no lag, for lack of a better phrase, when it comes to the decision-making process. No brain lag, if you will. So, I mean, I, I don't mean to dismiss all of their accomplishments by any means. You look at Kabi and what he did last split, uh, 4.8 KDA, 65.1% uh, kill participation, won his lane on average by 4.7 CS at 10 minutes. And it's not like Trashy was this super aggressive jungler who was making that happen for him. Guy's a great laner. Uh, Mickey, I thought, was a, was a great playmaker. I had him on my all-pro votes. Uh, you know, he was the one... Splice player that I really put forward is, is a guy who deserved that award, and I, I still stand by that. I thought Mickey had a great split. I think that he does very well, especially on things like Karma that, that have shields, but also a bit of playmaking potential. He's got a, a little bit of a hybrid focus for him. He can do a little bit of everything, and he does it all pretty well. And so I, I think that they have a clear point of strength, and the meta is now working towards that point of strength. I think that will help them. I think their teamwork works out for them. But that doesn't change the fact that the top half of the map really fell flat when they had to play that higher quality of opponent. And this is the thing. Yes, they were the fifth best team last split. What does that do for you? That doesn't get you to Worlds. You know, if we're going to hold them to that standard, if they went to Worlds in 2016, how do they get back to that point? Well, the synergy wasn't enough to do it last split. So it's got to be something new. It's got to be, what is Givas adding? It's got to be... Can Wonder go back to being that top two top laner in the region? And what can they get out of Trashy and Senkux? Because especially with Trashy, we got very little from him last split. And I think that is a massive concern for me. He, he's a guy we brought up on the Team Liquid episode yesterday, which uh, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. But when, when Steve makes this remark of being super meta-dependent, Rain Over totally makes sense for Trashy feels like a guy where that totally makes sense for, too. This just was yeah. absolutely not his meta at all. He really does need to be more on sort of engaged champions, on tankier, um, you know, team-disruptive kind of champions. But you made a point earlier about Senkux. Yeah. And I, this, this is a point I really want to want to focus and I want to hone in on. Because we just had MSI. We had a tournament that I don't care very much about. But we had Perks's international coming out. I think that's safe to say that, that despite the fact they lost against SKT in the finals, he played stellar throughout probably the majority of the tournament, through, through most of the games, even though their record wasn't great. And, um, but he played, he was pretty fantastic, especially in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Senkux entered the league at the same time that Perks did. And if you go back and you listen to us, 
we were way more excited for Senkux than Perks because Senkux was a fantastic player. He's a great LeBlanc player, great assassin player. Was a better player in the Challenger series than Perks was. Yes. And Perks is sort of stratosphere rocketed to the clouds, and he'll be a great replacement for Bjorkson when Bjorkson breaks his wrist uh, in the offseason and it decides to retire. He'll be a great replacement on TSM. How dare you? But Senkux has kind of just sat here, and he hasn't improved. He hasn't gotten worse. He's had these moments where, like, oh, yeah, he's okay. He's pretty good. And we've had these moments where, as you said, I think, and I quote, it doesn't look like he belongs. Why is that? Why is why is it this next great European mid laner has sort of faded into the background? Well, I, I think there are a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I'm going to say it's a little bit of Huhi syndrome. He has a very deep champion pool in terms of the number of champions played. He's played 17 different mid laners last split, but most of them were not particularly good. Uh, a lot of them he played a single game on, you know. So it's like, okay, well, clearly he's got. Uh, enough comfort that he's willing to try these different things, but when they're not ending well, it's like, well, wouldn't you have been better served investing in a few mid laners and becoming really good at that and excelling in that regard? It really felt like as soon as Corky fell out of the meta, Corky was by far his best champion, 7.89 KDA on that champion. It's something he looked very comfortable on. Everything else fell off. He didn't have more than three games on any other mid laner. He didn't feel comfortable on any one of them enough to say, this is my pick, can you deal with it? And at this point, we should have a champion that we're saying like, oh yeah, you know, we know Senkux's blank is really good. What, what's his signature champion? What's the thing that he excels at better than anyone else in the league? What's the thing that we should be afraid of if you're going up against Splice in an individual game? Because it's not Assassins anymore. He hasn't been that guy in a while. And sure, he had a good Talon game. He had a good Ari game. Uh, his Katarina game was atrocious. Uh, he had a good LeBlanc game. But that's clearly not something that they've been willing to invest in from a team composition standpoint, and I understand why. It means taking resources away from Wonder. It means taking resources away from Kabi. So he's kind of been left to take that third tier. So it's, it's left him in this weird spot. And really, you know, if you want to look at, well, what's the thing that can help a mid laner out who's struggling, and what's something that Perks has that Senkux doesn't? Well, Perks has Trick. Perks has one of the smartest junglers in the league and someone who is very capable of at least either taking pressure off of perks because he's able to counter jungle and force the enemy to kind of fight for every bit of resources they can get or he can gank and, and help get that game snowballing trashy didn't do any of that last split and and trashy hasn't really done a lot of that uh if you look back at the spring 2016 split the only time we've really seen him really pull that off in, in a consistent manner was 2016 summer. He seems incredibly meta-reliant. And that's a big concern because Senkux needs help regardless of the meta. So so there are a lot of things. I, I think that if Senkux can return to that point, really focus on, you know, this is Senkux's role within a team. This is what he's practicing. This is what we want to play around. This is what we want teams to have to feel like they have to ban it out against him because he's so good at these things. And, they, you know, they'll have to spend resources on that. But where he is right now, he's just really destined to be this middle-of-the-road guy. He's not bad enough that I'm like, oh, yeah, you have to replace him. I don't feel the same way about him that I do about, say, Nuke Duck, who I think this is a do-or-die split for him, which I've been saying for a couple splits now, and I don't know why Vitality don't listen. I guess that's why they're running their org and I'm here on a show. But 
you know, it, it, it seems like with Senkux, there's just a step that he needs to take and they haven't given him the resources to do it. Uh, in his 114 games as a, uh, as a mid laner for Splice, so since he entered uh, the LCS, he has played 33 champions. There you go. 33 different champions. He's played one of them more than 10 times, and that is Malzahar. And he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight champions more than five times. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven champions that he has played only once. Um, yeah, that's not ideal. Like, as a, like there's an easy way to say like, oh yeah, well at least he's willing to try things, right? At least he's willing to experiment. Yeah, that's what you do in scrimmages, because then you find out what works, and you do the thing that works. When you're not able to stick to any champion for a particular length of time, it's because you don't have confidence that you can do it day in and day out and win that way. You don't think you can win the straight-up fight because I am really good at this champion and know how these duels work and, and can do so consistently. And... and to be fair, maybe some of this is on coaching, right? Maybe this is something that Vettius can come in and say, look, uh, this is what you're going to do now. This is, you know, where this this team is going to go. These are the champions I want you to focus on. Get really good at that. This is our identity now. Go forth. But if, if Givas doesn't do that and, and leaves Senkuk's kind of stuck in that no man's land, well... I, I think Spice gets stuck in no man's land. So before we get to the predictions, because I, I brought up perks, in the same time frame, so since entering the European LCS, perks has played 164 games because he had more international experiences. Mm -hmm. um, 26 champion champions played. He has five champions that he's played more than 10 times. He has three champions that he's only played once. Yeah. I mean, it's just a more succinct champion pool. It's just something where, you know, some of that's that he was much more willing to adapt to the meta. He's done a better job adapting to the meta, but he's also been much more focused in his efforts. And I, I think you can tell. I think it has become clear at this point. And, you know, honestly, it just makes me feel bad for Suncooks. I felt like he had a lot of potential when he entered the split, and he's just been torn in so many different directions because he's had to be so many different things that he hasn't been allowed to be any one thing enough to really grow into the player I thought he could be. But whether that's on him or again, the coaching staff or just what Splice has decided is the best path for him, I, I don't know. But I, I think they should really reconsider their decisions with him moving forward. Okay. That'd be a good play. Well, we still have to play a full split before they'll probably make any actual changes. So Chase, at the end of the day... Put your money where your mouth is. Where does this team end up? They're in the playoffs again. Okay. And it's going to be a, a team that just barely squeaks in and is out in the first round. That's where I see this right now. I, I still, obviously, I need to see the groups because that's going to give me a lot in terms of how they compete against some of these nope, seven you're not allowed to teams. Nope, not allowed to see the groups. Nope, you got to make a prediction right here, right now. Where do they end up? Lock it in stone. I mean, we do a whole another video of this, actually. But, yeah, no, I Don't mean, for care. right now, I'm saying they're the sixth best team. I, I think that that's, that's who they are. I think they're too good on the team fighting things, the decision making, the in-game shot calling. I think their bot lane is really strong. I just don't think that they have enough from that top half of the map right now in the current state of the top lane, in the current state of the jungle. I'm just not seeing it, and it's going to be something where... 
you know, if Trashy takes a leap forward, if Sencox gets more of a focus, if this coaching staff emphasizes those aspects well, then they could exceed my expectations, and I would love for them to do so. But it requires elements to come forth that we have not seen Splice do yet, three splits into their LCS careers. So I really hope Elements doesn't come forth. We don't need that organization <laughs> in the LCS again. Uh, I agree. I think they're I think they're in like that five six range. Um, un- unless I think Trashy or Sankooks really have to step up. I think Wonder. I I was I'm not as down on Wonder as you were. I get it. I just think that's kind of his style. Sen- uh, the bot lane's fine. I think this this split really comes down to Sankooks and Trashy. And if they can't improve, then I think Marty you might have to take a pretty hard look at your mid lane. But we will see. That is why we play the games. That is why we play nine or, or ten weeks. I don't know, Europe. Are you going to play ten weeks again? Are yeah, you going to play ten. ten weeks? It's ten. That's why we play ten weeks of games. So, uh, so yeah, you know, at least Europe did one thing correctly by actually having the contract database updated in a timely manner. And if you want to hear me rant more about that, you can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Chase, where can the good folks at home find you? Uh, you can find me at Redshirt King. Uh, I'd love to talk to you guys more about this. I know Splice fans, uh, this is a, a team that you guys have been able to fall in love with because they're a roster that has lasted. And I think that does matter. And I, I, I do appreciate that investment. And I'm sure you guys appreciate watching that synergy really come to life. So hopefully you get to watch those dreams come true. Um, and we'll see how it goes. It's certainly... I'd love to see something like the 2016 summer split from them. So I, I would love to see them make a run again because then maybe Marty and I can go out for trash plates and celebrate them going to Worlds. That being said, Chase, tomorrow on day seven of our team-by-team preview, your dreams didn't die this past split with a team that we're going to talk about. So until then, <sighs> goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80's here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.